All right, welcome in. Happy Sunday to you. Uh, it's another edition of Sports Wrap. Chris Renwick, I got to tell you, um, I, I want to start in college football. Obviously, the the Lions are idle today uh, on their bye. And I, I think, I, I guess I want to know if you think some questions have been answered. And, and we can certainly talk about Michigan and Michigan State simultaneously certainly at different points of their seasons but i i guess i want to know if you've gotten any clarity and if you're a spartan fan did you finally get to see that msu had a pulse that they weren't willing to just roll over and die and let the season slip away into oblivion do you feel like despite the I I I I guess I don't want to call it a road bump because I think it was a bigger problem than that. But that four game skid against teams that now, I mean, you know, we look at that Washington game, we look at Minnesota. Um, I mean, those aren't good losses. <laughs> so do you, but do you look at that game yesterday against a Wisconsin team that is Look, they're just not very good. Paul cut Paul Chris got fired a couple of weeks ago, mid-season. I mean, you you blast an alum the way that they did, uh, and the head football coach mid-season. It's a that's a tough spot to be in. But Wisconsin is not very good either. I mean, Graham Mertz, God bless him. I don't know how that kid plays quarterback. But I'm just curious to know if you feel like you got answers. Do you feel at least a little better? about Mel Tucker, about the program, about the philosophy that they're trying to instill. Because it's clear, the 11-win season was a blip. The 11-win season was an anomaly, despite the fact that a lot of the same dysfunctionality issues that we're seeing this year, particularly on defense, specifically in the secondary, existed last year. But you had Kenneth Walker. You were able to score a ton of points and, and win football games. Well, that hasn't been the MO this year. So do you feel like at least, at least, this thing is headed in the right direction? And for Michigan, I think the question is, is this team legit? Right? Because, yes, I understand. I didn't think Penn State was very good either. I thought Penn State a little overhyped. They played a nice... Uh, uh, early slate of games, you know, traveling down to Auburn and undefeated going into the big house yesterday. I just didn't have as I didn't, I didn't trump the Nittany lions up the way other people did, but still they come into Ann Arbor top 10 team and Michigan throttles them. I mean, throttles them. And I gotta be honest. It didn't even look like they were really trying. I mean, you look at that first half, and I understand going into halftime, Michigan was only up two two points. That was a 67-yard uh, scamper and run to set up a touchdown, and then the double doink off the helmets, uh, pick six that J.J. McCarthy threw. And, it, and, and even still, I think Penn State had one first down to end the half. I mean, it was incredible numbers. Michigan absolutely throttled them, and it didn't even look like they were trying. 
So for Michigan fans, I guess my question to you is, are they legit? Because I got to be honest, I watched that game and I'll tell you, that offensive line looks better than it was last year. And these receivers better than they were last year. This running back duo, um, I understand what Hassan Haskins did for this program uh, from that running back spot, especially his performance against Ohio State. Uh, but guys, uh, this duo of of Corum um, and uh, Eric, I'm drawing a blonde blank, uh, Donovan Edwards. That 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 one two punch, yikes! Not a bad one two punch, that's for sure. All right, so Eric, where are you at on this? Because for me, I feel like Michigan State finally showed a pulse. I'm glad they didn't just roll over and let the season slip away because that's the easy thing to do. So credit Mel Tucker, mm-hmm. credit the coaching staff. Um, obviously, still a ton of problems. Like the fact that that game went even went into overtime is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Michigan, I feel like they're. I feel like this team's better than last year. I think I feel like they're better offensively and defensively. Um, I understand, you know, you lose Hutchinson, you lose a Jabo, but just quietly, they are continuing to be a really formidable front. And I I think that Michigan fans should expect to go into Ohio State undefeated. Where are you at on these teams? Uh, I'm with you. I like that Mel Tucker has Michigan State still competing. I'll say competing. They're 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 playing and they're trying. Yeah, the fact that that game went into overtime to me was They're not just sleepwalking through the they're schedule. They're not. And they could easily do that. They could easily say, "All right, this year's over. Let's just let's get done with it." But they're actually competing. They're going into every game with the intention of trying to get the win. And and I give them a lot of credit for that. That it's not an easy thing to do when you're in a losing season. So I I, I completely give them credit for that. Michigan, I won't say better. I'll say more complete is the way I'll go with it. Because I think that that Michigan team last year had a tremendous amount of talent. Now, a lot of it's back, but I just think they're a more complete team. When I look at them out on the field, other than, like you said, the double-doink interception, I don't see a lot of holes in this team where I go, oh, well, we're, we're we're really thin there or we're really not great there. They just seem very complete. They seem very balanced. And Harbaugh seems very comfortable understanding that he's just going to give it to the backs and let them, you know, grind away, grind away, and we're going to score eventually because one of these two is going to break for a big run. Um, Michigan with 563 total yards, Penn State 268. Um, I mean, rushing, my goodness, 418 yards Michigan racked up in that game. Penn State in the previous five games that they played this year, they allowed 300 and some change. Michigan outrushed them, outgained them in all the rushing, uh, uh, in all their previous games. That's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So I just think that that this team, look, I just think that if you're a Michigan fan, you should be excited. Uh, real quick, out to Shelby, talk to Greg. What up, Greg? C-note, Eric, uh, Mr. Positive. Hey, you got to give U of M uh, better street cred. Uh, they played superb yesterday. <laughs> yeah, the first half. I tell- I'm telling you, I think they're better than last year. Yes, but uh, you said that they weren't necessarily Penn State uh wasn't necessarily they were a little bit overhyped, but if you play well, uh, C note that looks like that um, that any team that they played would have been not necessarily good, or they would have been overhyped. They just played uh, great defense. The running was fantastic. I don't think I've enjoyed U of M uh, as much yesterday, uh, other than beating Ohio State. 
mm-hmm. as much yesterday. They were complete. Like uh, Dortch said, they were complete, and it was uh, unbelievable. I, I just loved it. All right, Greg, and like I appreciate uh, Eric the, said, I, I, you got yeah, it. I, I, okay. I appreciate the call, Greg. Thank you. I mean, here's their schedule. Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, Central, Western. That's a top 10 uh, uh, resume. That's ripping through the Mac is what it's doing. That's what that, okay. that is. Yeah. And look, I, okay, Purdue, Northwestern, uh, those teams stink. Mm-hmm. All right, the Big Ten is horrific. So, I, I mean, I'm sorry, you you get credit for the win going down to Auburn, but that's it. I mean, I I just, no, no, that is not a, a, a team who's sitting in the top 10 schedule. Just isn't. Now, you go to Purdue to start the season, win by four. You go down to Auburn and and blow War Eagle out of the water. Okay, good. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like they've accomplished a whole lot. So, you know, pardon me uh, for not feeling like Penn State is legit. And, look, I think it's a combination of things that happened yesterday for Michigan. I think that Penn State isn't as legit as people thought. I don't think Penn State is a top-10 team like they were ranked. And I think Michigan's just just better. I mean, they're just better. They have way more talent, way more discipline. So, yeah, I, I just, no, I, I don't think Penn State was that good. But Michigan was that dominant yesterday, too. All right, more to come on sport, Sports Wrap as we continue. Angelique Shangalis next here on WJR. All right, uh, we will uh, get you caught up on what's going on in the NFL as well uh, a little bit later on. Um, Eric, did you get to, uh, by any chance, happen to see any of that Tennessee-Alabama game? I did. I saw the last, like, 10, 15 minutes of it. I was I had it on the phone driving to a buddy's birthday party, and it was wild. It was crazy. That whole game was crazy from what I've seen. It was crazy. So I'll tell you, um, it was... Now, when was that? It was, I think, middle third quarter. Um, it was an RPO. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hendon Hooker put it in, I believe it was Jalen Wright's uh, bread basket. Pulled it, but the ball came out, live ball, scoop and score for Alabama. Uh, and they took the lead in the third quarter, late in the third quarter. And I thought, okay, this game is over. It's over. Bama's going to win this thing. Tennessee's going to, you know, uh, duty the bed. And away we go. I'll tell you, I was shocked, shocked at Tennessee winning that football game. I didn't see that coming, especially as the game was progressing. But Tennessee scores 18 points in the fourth quarter, wins it 52 to 49. And here's another question for you. All right, all right, Eric, you ready? I'm ready. Is Alabama dead? You know what? I, I thought about that last night. Is Alabama dead? And you know what? Unfortunately, I can't say yes, they're dead. No, they're not dead because it's Alabama. They always seem to find a way to be there at the end, no matter what right. happens. I understand that. I yeah. understand that. But listen to me. Trust your eyes. All right? Look at what's happening in front of you. Mm-hmm. This isn't, well, Alabama of the last 20 years. No, no, no. Look at what's happening now. And I understand Alabama has had, you know, some some lesser teams and still won national championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the magic of, of Nick Saban. 
But I just watch this team and something doesn't feel right. Something about this team just doesn't feel right. And I don't know if it's a defensive uh, perspective, if they just don't have the receivers that they normally do. I don't know what it is. Something about this team feels off. And I think a regular, traditional, you know, a dominant Alabama team, I don't think they lose that game. And I understand it was... It was in Knoxville, um, but I just I, something about this team doesn't smell right to me, and I don't know what it is. Uh, is no, that I, fair? I, no, I, I completely agree with you. I, as you were saying that, I almost like it, it, it laughs to say it, but it almost this could almost be a rebuilding Bama team, and you would never know it because they have so much talent. But right. I agree. You look every year they they hemorrhage talent to the league, and it, it's very hard to say. Okay, now the next guy has to immediately be ready, and that's a lot of the time what's expected of it. But Alabama to me has always been that one team where the one loss in the you know in in their record never seems like it's a season ender like it does for a lot of other teams who are big and high caliber. If you don't go undefeated, you're almost guaranteed to not make the playoff whereas Bama always seems like that team that still finds a way to be there at the end. And I think that's what's going to happen again. I it, this is Nick Saban. He's the greatest college football coach of all time for a reason. He's going to figure out a way to get these guys going again. He's that's just what it is, but Part of it, too, is Bama looked a little off, but this Tennessee team is just incredibly talented. It is a phenomenally talented football team. They got a lot of talent. There's no doubt about it. Um, But again, I think that you you look at the SEC, um, and I guess I just wonder, like, how does this thing shake out, right? Because um, there's only so many teams that can be involved here. Um, And... I mean, I don't know. I, I look, I, I just, I think that with within this Eastern Conference, right, it's going to be Georgia and Tennessee. Only one can go forward. Um, and and I think particularly with Georgia, it, it, it this muddies the waters a little bit because I think if you lose to Alabama, right, let's say you lose to Bama, you go to the SEC championship game and win. Um, you're obviously, and if you lose, well, then you've got other issues, but, but with, with the way that everything is shaking out in, in the West, Ole Miss is causing problems for Alabama too, by the way. Uh, and that Ole Miss Alabama game is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a very interesting storyline going down in the sec because the sec is up this year. Um, it, it seems like everybody is playing pretty well. Um, aside from, you know, Texas A&M and Arkansas and Auburn that that everybody was excited about and they stink. Um, but I don't know, something about this Alabama team just doesn't add up. It doesn't seem right. And and I don't exactly know what's going on. But um, yeah, Tennessee's Tennessee's going to cause some havoc and we'll we'll get to that as uh, as the season progresses. But it's going to be a fun watch. No doubt about it. Um, all right. Michigan beats up on the Nittany Lions yesterday. Uh, and forty-one seventeen. Angelique Shangelis was on hand. She joins us this evening. Uh, Angelique, real quick. Um, I, I, I thought the turning point in that game was the Washington drop on fourth down at around midfield, maybe at the forty-five yard line of Michigan, and then the next play, Blake Corum takes it to the house, sixty yards or so. Um, it just felt like that game in the second half completely shifted in Michigan's favor, and they just never gave it back. And that's all to say that 
they absolutely dominated in the first half, despite what the score read. That was a really complete performance, I thought, by Michigan. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're spot on with, with that quorum touchdown and how that turned things. And, and you're also right. I mean, they dominated in the, in the first half. And, and, you know, there were a couple of big plays for Penn State with, with the pick six and, and also the 62-yard run from, from Sean Clifford. And, you know, it was interesting to hear the players, of, the defensive players after the game saying they, didn't, they weren't sweating it. They knew that they, they considered the, the pick six a fluky play. And then the other one, yeah, they, someone missed an assignment. But these were very correctable things in their minds. And they came out kind of reminiscent of the Indiana game the week before in the second half and just plowed through this team and, and ball, on both sides of the ball. And, and, then, and then on special teams, you get uh, Jake Moody's big, uh, big tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he made a nice play, too. Um, but yeah, I thought they were clicking in, in every sense. And it was, uh, I think, you know, they were certainly disappointed with the score at halftime, knowing what they had done. I mean, it was 18 to one in, in first downs and, uh, clearly Michigan was a superior team offensively. Uh, and, but that just goes to show you what turnovers can do and how that can change, uh, the course of a game, at least in the mm-hmm. first half. But, but totally agree with you. That corn play was huge. Where do you think this season stacks up compared to last year? Obviously, last year, uh, this team was was focused on Ohio State. Um, and everything they kind of, it feels like everything they did, they had the Buckeyes in the back of their mind. Uh, now they go on the bye, they got Michigan State in a couple of weeks. Um, and, and then conversely, I mean, it just feels like this team, without a lot of the flashy names on defense, they are quietly putting together a performance just like they did last year. Offensively, they feel uh, much better, and and it feels like JJ hasn't even really gotten the thing going yet. Where where do you feel like this team stacks up to last year? And then, of course, with the the looming rivalry game in Ann Arbor two weeks from yesterday, it does feel different, and it feels similar. I mean, I think they talked so much about establishing a culture last year coming off that two and four season in 2020. And, and I think that there has been that carryover. So similar in that sense, culture wise, but, but you're also right about that. You know, there are no, no big stars on this defense, at least coming into this season. And, and Jim Harbaugh called it a no star defense and, and said that in his uh, previous coaching stops, he often found that those made for better defenses. And, and I think you're finally seeing some, some different names emerge, and, and Mike Morris is one of them. I mean, he leads the mm-hmm. team uh, with, with uh, five sacks, and, and he's, you know, he was talking about how he knew the pieces were all there. He looked the part. He just hadn't gotten it together, and now he feels like he's getting it together. Uh, Mozzie Smith is not a name you're hearing a lot, but he, you know, he's doing his job. I mean, he's getting double mm-hmm. teamed. He's doing his job. You're seeing Mike Sainer still really flourish in the position change from, from receiver, isn't it? And, and you know, it almost seems like it suits him more. I mean, his personality, yeah. he's a trash talker. He, he, I mean, he's talked about that and, and likes jawing at people. And, and I think it's really bringing out his personality. Um, at, but you're also right. I mean, on, on the offensive side, you know, everyone wondered about, and I was one of them thinking that, that Hassan Haskins' absence would be huge. And, you know, I was clearly wrong. Blake Quorum added the 11 pounds in the offseason. He, not that he wasn't durable, but he's more durable. And you know, he's, he's really carried the load, certainly in, in this uh, four, four games of the Big Ten schedule. And, uh, you know, he's averaging like 20, 28 carries, 26, 28 carries a game in, in the Big Ten. 
And then you've got Donovan Edwards emerging on Saturday. So they're, they have those, those two, they're lightning and lightning, they're calling themselves. <laughs> and then you got JJ. Right? I mean, they yeah. keep saying they haven't scratched the surface, and I think that's part of it. They haven't really scratched the surface in the past game as much. Uh, I, I also felt the same way about Hassan Haskins. I think you, you're starting to see uh, how important Donovan Edwards is and, and how much he was missed in that middle part of the early part of the season uh, with injury and, and how impactful he can be. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I wish that if I added 11 pounds, I could perform like Blake Horn, but it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, Angelique, thank you. I appreciate uh, the time as always. Good talking My with you. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Angelique Shangel is over at the Detroit News, all following everything to do with Michigan football. All right, got to take a break. More to come on Sports Rep. Next, get you caught up on what's going on around the NFL as the Lions are idle. And I got a question for the Lions on the other side, too, because very interested to see how this team comes back out of the bye week. I think after getting blown out to New England, uh, I thought this buy came at a very nice time. Refocus, sit down, look yourself in the mirror, come back. I got a Lions question for on the other side next as Sports Wrap continues. All right, welcome back. I uh, want to get you caught up on what else is going around the NFL. Eric, uh, weigh in here because I, I have a, you know, I, I look at this game, uh, this Steelers-Bucks game. Uh, Pittsburgh wins 20-18. to 18. Devin Bush bats away a Tom Brady throw uh, on a two-point attempt after Leonard Fournette scores, so a little Michigan-on-Michigan Michigan action. Can, can you make sense on why Brady unretired? I can't. I, I, I really have been trying to. I'm, I've been a massive Brady fan as long as I can remember. And I love Tom Brady. I, just, I want yeah. Tom Brady to play forever. But let's be honest, Tom Brady is not what he was even a couple of years ago when he won the Super Bowl, what, two years ago. Um, But this team is not the same. This offense is not the same. This offensive line is not the same. And I just wonder, like, because he can't continue playing, right? Like, there's no way Brady's back next year. You would think not. I mean, you would honestly and think this has to be it. And so, like, this is how you're going to go out on this team, this this 500 football team? Ah, I don't know. It just feels, it just feels, and then, like, and look, we're not going to go all TMZ here on Sports Wrap, but, like, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got the whole Giselle thing, and yeah. they're looking at divorce attorneys, and it's like, well, then what, what, why was any of this necessary? Unless he just doesn't like Giselle. He's just like, I don't want to <laughs> do this anymore, and I needed an excuse. But, like, I just don't know why you come back for this because this is, I mean, it just stinks. Well, I know. I mean, the Steelers you, beat the Bucs 2018. Yeah, yeah you look at it, though. I mean, we remember, like, we remember when Favre hung it up the first time. I was like, oh, okay, that was really sad. He's gone. And he was back. And some guys, literally, they just can't hang up the pads. They think they can, and then they can't. But I, I said it before, when Brady, like, kind of retired, I'm like, stay retired. We don't need this to happen where you, you have this, like, a really bad final season or, God forbid, you go out and they have to take you out on a stretcher or a cart, and that's the last thing we ever see of you. We don't want that, and it, that's what appears to be happening right now is Brady and this team are just, they're not going to be a force in this league. They're not going to demolish people, and we're going to see that end of Brady on a low note, which no one really wanted to see if you're a fan of that guy. Yeah. 
Uh, Giants beat the Ravens 24-20. to They're 5-1 and one on the year. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson throws a late touchdown. Giants uh, win that football game. That's a good win for the Giants uh, at home against, you know, a, a Ravens team 3-3, three and three, but it feels like they could be 4-2. and two. feels like they could be 5-1 and one even, but um, uh, that's a good win for the Giants. Bengals beat the Saints 30-26. to 26. Lamar Jackson on a beauty. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to check it out. 60-yard touchdown run. Um, go to Twitter or whatever. You'll find it there. Uh, Vikings beat the Dolphins on the road in Miami, 24 to 16 Colts beat the Jaguars 34 to 27 Jets beat the Packers 27 to 10. And I think the wheels are falling off in green Bay. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anybody to throw the football to. So like, I, you know, Robert Tanyan. Oh, what a great tight end like what a great passing tight end a pass catching tight end Uh, whatever okay Patriots beat the Browns 38 to 15 they continue their tear Falcons on top of the 49ers today 28 14 uh in progress a couple of interesting games Seahawks on top of the Cardinals 19 to 9 with about 10 minutes to go in that one um Chiefs Bills you got Buffalo on top of uh, KC 17 to 10 with uh, just under five to go in the third quarter there. And the Rams on top of the Panthers, 24 to 10. One other quick thing I got to mention here um, before I get to my Lions question. Did you see the story with about Dan Snyder? I did. Yeah. Dan Snyder is the owner of the Washington football commanders or whatever they're calling themselves these days. There is an NFL owners meeting scheduled for Tuesday in Manhattan. It's their annual fall meeting happens every year in New York. And it doesn't sound like uh, who wrote this piece. Uh, Jonathan Jones over at CBS said that the Dan Snyder topic is not on the table for discussion. Although. Uh, there is still a possibility that it can be added. So if you haven't seen the report, it's a long report. It was written by uh, Seth Wickersham, I believe, um, over at ESPN. And basically, Dan Snyder, who owns the Washington Commanders, says that he's got dirt on NFL owners. And this all comes as uh, Dan Snyder has completely dropped the ball, right? Like this guy is basically in a free fall and there's a very good possibility that the other owners could vote to force Dan Snyder to sell the team, force him to sell the team. They could take it to an owner's vote and all they need is 24 other They need 24 owners to agree to this. And again, they say that it's not the case. They say that they're not going to talk about the Dan Snyder issue, but I got to be honest, the longer this lingers in the ether, the longer that this continues to be a topic, I think that it's bad for business. And if there's one thing NFL owners don't want is bad business. So I'm going to tell you, I don't know that this is coming out Tuesday, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to come out sooner rather than later. 
Um, he says that he's got uh, he and, and members of it, it has his inner circle have accumulated, quote unquote, dirt on fellow owners, coaches, executives. He's got dirt on his own employees. Uh, he in, 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 uh, uh, hired a PI firm to look into all of these issues. Um, and he says that if they force me to sell the team, I'm releasing all of this dirt. And I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, you, you know, playing world series of poker and he's bluffing, but Something tells me that Dan Snyder has got the goods on a couple of very high-profile NFL names, a couple of very high-profile NFL owners. And um, something tells me this isn't a bluff. Something tells me that this guy's got the goods and he's just going to dare the other owners to hold a vote and force him to sell the team. By the way, this team, uh, a, a couple of reports I read, is any is valued anywhere between three and five billion dollars with a B, with a B. There's only so many people in the world that could buy that, and and one of them created Amazon. Jeff Bezos uh, is worth two hundred billion dollars. Probably one of the only people in the world that could outright afford that paying pay in cash. Um. This story is a weird one. If you haven't read it, you should absolutely go read it. It's on ESPN.com. And uh, if you've got 20 minutes, take a look because it is a wild story. But Chris, you're a far more forward thinking person than I am. That's why you are where you are. What? So what you're, you're, you're basically coming out and saying, if you force me to trade my, or get rid of my team, I'm going to blackmail you into keeping my team is what this is coming out to. I'm saying I yeah. got something give me what I want. That's not how this works. I mean, I, I get it. Yes. If he has dirt and these people really are, but see, that's the problem is if these guys don't force him to sell the team, all it's going to lead is to a million other people digging into what does he have is it's going to come yeah, out eventually. I, well, look, here's the thing is these are billionaire owners of, of a business that just prints money, prints money. And so if you're an owner of one of these 32 teams, why would you want it? Why you have no reason you have no desire to dump or sell a team, none because it's way too profitable. And so it feels like Dan Snyder is the animal backed into a corner. Right. This is the stray dog that you're trying to help rehabilitate. And and instead of allowing you to save that dog, he bites you like it, it feels like Dan Snyder sees the writing on the wall. He sees that the owners are not happy with his ownership and stewardship of the Washington commanders. And they think that he's bad for business. He puts a black eye on the on the on the 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 league. And he is. um you know, an enigma that needs to, to be removed because he is bad for business. He's bad for our bottom line. And maybe Dan Snyder has the goods or maybe he doesn't either way. He says he does. And with, you know, with the lives that some of these people lead, maybe they don't want whatever he, they think he has to get out. It's a weird situation. <laughs> I got dirt on you. You want to make me sell? 
I'll release it on Twitter. Screenshots for all. All right, more to come next. We're talking Lions as we continue on WJR. All right, Lions are idle this week. They are one and four on the year. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) And going forward, this thing doesn't get any easier. You got the Cowboys next weekend. You got the Dolphins at home. Who knows if Tua will be back? Um, Green Bay stinks. They got Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw the football to. But it just seems like this team now has to find a way. They have to find an answer because, you know, getting blanked by the Patriots 29 to nothing is not the answer. And so they go back to the drawing board this week. um, And our friends from Gridiron Rap, Bill Keenish, Sean Belegian with us as well. I guess I'm wondering, do you have confidence that Dan Campbell, I mean, I mean, everybody on that staff is going to be able to find some answers, get it right after the, the buy, because I actually think this buy came at a nice time for them. Um, I, I, I would have liked to have seen it a few weeks later on in the year, but ho-hum, here we are. I think it came now at a right time because we don't want this thing to spiral out of control. Some will argue it already has, but in order to get back on a, on the, on a, on the winning track, maybe you need a couple of days. Maybe you need to recharge the batteries and, and find some answers. Are we confident or comfortable in the fact in, in saying that they've got the ability to find some answers? What do you think, Billy? I I really think we don't know. Um, Because, Coach Campbell, Dan's never been in a situation like this uh, in his short tenure as the Lions head coach. Um, I did when we were doing the show last week after that loss to New England. <clears throat> I shared that it's, it's yeah, it's about getting guys healthy. Football's always going to be about scheme and X and O's. But, but for the next, you know, two weeks, it's about what's above the shoulders for that team. Mm-hmm. And what Dan can do to make the players realize, okay, here's why we are where we are, and here's why we're going to change and not be where we are. And it's, uh, I mean, every coach that I've ever been around, most of them have have this written somewhere in their office. Ninety percent mental. 10% physical mm-hmm. and that's applicable and perhaps no more so than for the lions, uh, you know, going into next week's game against Dallas. But, but look at what happened today. Pittsburgh with the rookie quarterback beats the bucks and Tom Brady, nobody expected that. Mm-hmm. And he went out of the game with a concussion and <laughs> our favorite lion killer, Mitchell Torbisky comes in and by all <laughs> accounts, you know, he played pretty darn well. And let him yeah. win. The Jets go into Lambeau um, with Robert Sala. You know, local boy makes good so far. And yeah. I don't know how that game went. I obviously was involved in my own game, but that was not a close game from no. all accounts. It no. wasn't. And, no. And you got to say, hey, and the Giants. I mean, <laughs> look at I know. the Giants with Brian Dayball. It's crazy. Five and one, right? That's what yep. it is. Yep. So anything can happen. Okay. But you know, the, the buy, did it come in a good week, a good time? Was it a good week to be off? 
with respect to the injury situation? I think so. Um, but as we talked about last week, it's all about tomorrow's starting pitcher. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Jim let's... Leland. Jim uh, Leland. I'll... And, and yep. it's about how you play next Sunday. I want to talk to the the uh, Grand Marshal of the Detroit Red Wings Stanley Cup Parade, Sean Belegian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, you, you think this team gets right? You think they're able to find some answers here? Because it's a tough spot. And, and I think the disappointment for me is, you know, some of the time management stuff, clock management, the decisions Dan Campbell has made through these first five games is is the disappointment for me um but but from a from an x's and o standpoint from a personnel standpoint from a scheming standpoint sean can they can they turn this thing around you know chris i i, I don't think so and, and please consider the source because i know you and i have talked about this and bill and i have certainly talked about it on gridiron rap for me this is all about 2023 they made that mm -hmm. deal they got those extra draft picks and I, I really believe that Brad Holmes is doing this the right way and building the right way. I think a lot of it this year is is people are going to be victims of their own circumstances or expectations. And the circumstances aren't exactly right for winning. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean that we can't question some of the in-game stuff that we've seen out of Dan Campbell. I think, heck, Dan Campbell is questioning himself. But I'll go back to what Bill said. There, there's a lot of unknown about Dan Campbell. And, and we have to remember, that's what we hired. You know, this is a guy that there was a lot of unknown. Sure, he had that time with Miami. And, you know, mm -hmm. we know the personality and everything. But is he a head coach? And I think that's why, for me, uh, this couple year span, going back to last year and this year, this will tell us, okay, you know what? Is Dan going to be the guy moving forward when Brad uh, improves that roster, which he's in the process of doing? I don't think the answer comes this year. I really don't. And if the answer comes this year, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, certainly that doesn't mean that things can't, you know, get flipped. Uh, Bill and I were talking about it last year, Chris. You, you were probably too young to remember. The 1995 Lions were this close to going over the ledge. I, I trust yep. me when I say that, and, and Bill can speak to that even, even more so. And, and then the funny thing happened. They won a game, then they won another mm -hmm. game, then they won another game, and they went on this crazy seven-game win streak to end the season, and people were talking about the Lions being a viable Super Bowl contender. So <laughs> I, I just think the difference is this team still has a talent issue as well. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I know you guys are going to be covering, covering the NFL extensively uh, tonight on Gridiron Wrap from 7 to 8 here on WJR. Um, <clears throat> I asked a couple of questions of our local uh, college teams, our Big Ten local college teams earlier. Um, one, for Spartan fans, um, do you feel like you got an answer? Do you feel like you... Like, this team didn't just roll over and coast mm -hmm. and that's the easy way out. Um, do you have confidence that Mel Tucker is, is aside from the anomaly of the 11 win season last year, do you feel like you feel confident that he's laying the groundwork for, for uh, down the road and, and what this team can be. And then for Michigan, um, did you get any answers on on who this team is? Because for me, um, I feel like this team is better 
I feel like they've got a better offensive line. I feel like their their weapons offensively are better. And I think this this defense of really no names, um, uh, I think it, uh, Jim Harbaugh called it a no-star defense, um, th- they are very productive. And some of the moves that they've made in the offseason have have paid dividends. Do you feel like you, either of you, uh, Bill, do you feel like you, you gained some clarity over the last couple of games yesterday? I think so, Chris. And I, I think what we talked about with respect to the Lions and Coach Campbell, um, Coach Tucker showed that Saturday mm-hmm. um, because that team was beat up. What was it? Four in a row they had lost. Mm-hmm. And questions were starting to be at least thought of, if not asked. And for him to keep that team together, and it, a lot of it, you're talking about 19, 20, 21 year old young men, um, to keep them focused um, and to compete as they did against the Wisconsin team that's always competitive. They're pro, they're playing for, I'm assuming, Jim Leonard because they probably love the guy, want him to become the, the next head coach. So they have emotion. And, Bill, and- you are a you are a wonderfully nice man. I want you to come out and tell me that Graham Mertz stinks. Will you tell me that, please? <laughs> you know that's true. Say, you but, know it's true. Yeah, but I I will <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> I think Michigan State's win in a similar yet different way was just as impressive at what yeah. U of M did. What U of M did to Penn State and uh, James Franklin was incredibly impressive i mean we all know how the game went two plays and and it's even more of a of a beat down but and what have we talked about sean for most of the season with michigan a good running game travels and it also plays well at home yep and when you got that offensive line controlling this the line of scrimmage you can you can win anywhere and at any time, and what they did yesterday um, was incredibly impressive, and and it was dominant. It really yeah. was. It was dominant. Shawnee, real quick. Yeah, you know what? I I have no problem with Mel Tucker moving forward. I think he's done a good job of bringing talent in. Give him time. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Uh, Michigan's a real deal. You know, I, they really are. I mean, is JJ the guy? I guess we're gonna find out. But boy, uh, that line is something special. What do we got coming up? Uh, talk talk a lot about the college weekend. It was phenomenal. Just a phenomenal yeah. college weekend. Obviously, keep keep you in touch with what's going on in the NFL. We'll talk about the bye week as well because we're old enough to remember when it was instituted. Alabama stinks too. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gridiron Rap coming your way next. Uh, Have a good week.